Uh, if, you, if you are new here or you're visiting with us today, I am Pastor Jim Goforth. I'm the senior pastor here. Uh, I'm not preaching today. And so if you'd like to hear me preach, come back next Sunday. Um, and uh, we'd love to have you back. Uh, but uh, I asked last week, so if, if you weren't here two weeks ago, and so you can go online to our website, fbcferguson.org. Two weeks ago, I preached a message from Jonah chapter 1 about the call of Jonah. And I'd encourage you to go back and hear that. And then I asked uh, Pastor Bill to, to come last week while I was gone, and I said, preach about your call. And that's what he did, because the week before, we talked about Jonah's call. And I've asked uh, Minister Desi to come in today. So what was it, probably second week in February? It was about the first time that, that, that I saw you. You were here. And he said something along the lines of, God told me a while back to come here and I came and didn't feel like this is where I was supposed to be. And so then the Lord told me again, and I came again. And this is where I'm supposed to be. And so he's been with us since, uh, since February and is quickly becoming part of, of us and who we are. And I asked him to come today. So, brother, come. I want you to share your call. I want you to share the word that God has for you. And uh, you come on. Come on, brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Can y'all hear me? Amen. 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 I truly, it's truly a blessed day today to be in the presence of the Lord, to be with you, my brothers and sisters. I want to give a hand out for the Sumerian purse. Uh, I want to thank y'all for all the hard work and dedication that you have done here in Ferguson and around the country. And uh, most of all, I just want to thank you for giving the word of God to Ferguson because we all need it. Amen. Amen. I like to give reverence. I like to give reverence to God that's the head of my life and honor to my pastor and everyone else in his respectful places. Um, I was going to have something up on the screen here, but um, I don't know if it's... It's there with Jonah uh, falling out the boat, but I'm going to pray now. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for all your goodness and mercy. We thank you for being good all the time, Lord. Lord, we thank you for Ferguson, Lord. We thank you for this country. We thank you for each and every minister. Lord, we, have, we just thank you for every elder, Lord. Lord, we ask you to look around our community and keep us together on one accord, with one accord, Lord. Lord, we ask you to continue blessing us in a mighty way, Heavenly Father, Lord. Lord, we ask you to look down into the homeless, Heavenly Father, that's around our community, Lord. Lord, we ask you right now, look over all the business and the policemen, Lord. Lord, we ask you to look over our government in this area, Lord. Lord, but most of all, Lord, we ask you to let us continue to continue looking at you. And if you can see this picture up here, like the pastor was saying that we were talking about Jonah. Now, you might be wondering, how did Jonah get to this point? You see that he's, uh, they threw him out the boat. A lot of the times when God has a purpose for our life, we don't seem to want to do it because sometimes it's difficult. And difficult is mean change. And we don't want to change. And why is that, brothers and sisters? Because we get comfortable with the way that we're living. 
And we sometimes, when God says, go this way, we want to continue going in that direction. But until you decide to change, you're going to be like Jonah here, falling. Because without a sound foundation, you can't elevate. And we should always be elevating. And let me explain that to you. What I mean by elevating, we should always be telling somebody about Jesus Christ. We should always be reading the word of God because if we put nothing in, there's nothing going to come out. And as as we look here in uh, Exodus um, 3 and 11, this is a familiar verse for some and maybe not for others. But it, it's, uh, it says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God has a mission for Ferguson Baptist Church to pull all those that are in this community and the North County area, and give them the word of God. So they can have that solid foundation to sit on, to lay on, to talk on, and to give to others. Because without God, we can not live. And let me throw Jesus up in there. Without Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit, we cannot live. Because the Holy Spirit is down inside of us. God is looking down on us, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good morning. There's truly a word from God for each one of you today. I'd like to start off by thanking you for having me here. Sometimes you don't understand the statement that come out of people's mouths. But I'll make a picture for you. People say certain things about certain places. But until you come in and fellowship, you'll never know. I'll leave it there. I appreciate the fellowship and the warm welcome. I'm going to keep you. I'm not going to keep you that long. I'm going to make it short and sweet. For a couple of weeks, we have been talking about doing God's will, regardless of how we feel. We can't live on feelings. We got to live on doing the right thing. And what is the right thing? The word of God. And if we don't live by the principles that God has already set, we lose. For the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about God will, regardless of how we feel. So God led me to this story in the Bible that we should know and it's easy to comprehend. Let's slide to Exodus. And some of the younger people might know what slide means, you know, but I'll say let's turn to Exodus 1 and 11. And it says... But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israels out of Egypt? So we know in the book of, 
we say Exodus, and you know, the definitions of Exodus is a mass departure of people. And it's good to know definitions because knowledge is the key. They used to tell us when we were little that knowledge is the key. And the more of God that you get inside of you, the more God that you know, the more your Bible that you read and that you can truly understand, then the better you can be. Because you have to do what God says do regardless of what you think. If God say turn the other cheek, God say get the, the law got your eye, you got to do it. If you're having a rough time at work, and you know that God says, well, the vengeance is not yours, it's the Lord's. So you got to walk straight and narrow because you may be the only person that that person sees that's a Christian. So you have to be not just an example, but a living example for them. God has a job. God had a job for Moses to do. He didn't feel that he was the person for the job. Now, a lot of times we have like pressure at work and, or, you know, you might see somebody on a street corner. They may be doing all kinds of different things, or it might just be a family member. And you may feel that, wow, I want to tell them about Jesus, but I just ain't got time for all the backslash, you know. So you have to do what Jesus said. Sometimes you don't have to say nothing. You can just be a, a, a living Christian so people that can, can see. But um, we have to understand that Jesus already have a plan. A lot of times Christians find ourselves in the same situation as Moses. And I know I keep going on this same point, but I, I want to get across that God have a vision for our lives. I read a book called A Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warner. And I read it for 40 days. And it said that I can tell a mountain to crumble and go into the ocean. And I didn't understand that at first. But when God started changing and moving things around in my life, and I started going through things that I normally couldn't go through, I normally started stopping things because I normally couldn't stop. You have to understand that God can do anything. If you got problems in your life that you can't control, God can remove them problems. Understand, God has all power and authority over heaven and earth. So once you get a relationship with God, and of course put God first in everything that you do, your life will improve. Because you are looking to have an improved life. Every Christian come to Christianity for a reason. 
And once you get filled with the spirit of God and remove all the callous and, 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 and mindsets and, and all that drop off, then you can truly be in God's word and, and be used by God. So once you have a relationship with God and put God first, everything will be added. Question. Have God healed your body? Somebody's dealing with something today. Have God blessed your financially? Have God blessed your finances? Have God brought you out of a hard, difficult situation? It wasn't you. It was God. He can fix it. The same, the, same, the same problems that we have as Christians, the world have this different problems. But the only difference that between the world and us, we have Jesus. And that's a lot. Because Jesus started it all. Jesus know every hair that's on your head. Jesus know how many times your heart beat. Jesus know where your children are. And Jesus know how your life is going to end. So if you put Jesus first, he already has the plan. Christians have this answer for the world today. You may not think that you have an answer, but you do. You got the answer. You can look there in Romans 10 and 9. And that's the answer. When you get home, look it up. The Israelites, get back to Moses, the Israelites were slaves to the king, and the king treated them as so. He had them in very bad conditions. When you're enslaved by something and you don't have no control, you're depressed, you're miserable, you just feel like you're a failure, but we serve a God that can bring us out, out of all of that. We don't have to be in the situations that we're in, but let's move to 2022. We're going to replace king with sin. Sin got people under control. Doing all matters of things, killing, stealing, and cheating, and etc. I would say more, but I don't want to step on nobody's toes myself. But you know, with Jesus, the battle's already won. Did you know with Jesus you already have victory? Did you know with Jesus your trials and tribulations are history? Moses kept telling the king to let his people go. And the king's heart was real hard. He would say yes and change his mind around and say no. Guess what? When I was on the other side, I was in a, a world where I felt like that I couldn't lose, but I kept losing. 
My mom took me to church. I went to a church in Kinlock called New Life Missionary Baptist Church. And we used to sit in the back and throw rocks in the creek, me and James. And we got away from church, and we started living our own lifestyle. But one day when a tornado came, in 2002, 2005, a tornado came on in South St. Louis and knocked over all kind of trees. They have electric for two weeks. All kind of things were going on. But God had a plan. God changed my life that day. That weekend, he had to take me through some things for me to be able to see where he wanted me to go. He took me from a boy to a young man to a man of God. And I got to give God all the praise and all the hope that I know he got for me. And he's going to continue blessing me. The best thing that you can do today, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, is pick up your Bible and go to Romans 10 and 9. I'm not saying that because I'm saved and I'm trying to be high and mighty, but I'm saying it because it worked for me. And you may think that it's not for you, but try it and see. And you're going to say the same thing that I said. I wish I would have done it a long time ago. I just like to thank this church for being in the community because it's needed. You do a lot of good. There's a lot of good members here. I just ask you just to continue ministering the word to this neighborhood because it's needed. Everywhere you go in a grocery store, while you're eating chicken, while you're, while you're hanging out, while you're talking to a friend, let them know that God is on the way and he's going to move in because he's out here and he's out here to stay because he's a true living God. And he loves each one of you. Jesus loved you. I love you. Have a blessed, wonderful day. And just remember, trust God because he loves you. Amen. Thank you. So as, as I listen to Desi, as I write things down, you know, I encourage you to take notes, and I, you should know that I take notes. And so I'm writing things down. I just wanted you to see that. Desi, I heard you say something. You're praying for an exodus to happen in Ferguson. And you defined it, didn't you? Did you hear it? A mass departure of people. I circled that. I wrote that down. I circled that. And it is something that our city's concerned about. 
I met with the mayor and I met with the uh, city manager over the last several weeks. And one of the things they pointed out was that there has been a mass exodus of people from Ferguson. We're not looking for that. We're not looking for people to leave Ferguson. We're looking for people in Ferguson to exodus, to hope. We're looking for people to come and find hope. And we know where that hope is, don't we? We're looking for people to leave their way and come to the way, the truth, and the life, aren't we? We're looking for people to leave the way they've done things and come to the way of God. Two weeks ago, this Tuesday, I woke up at 6.30, and I looked down at my phone, and it said, flash flood warning. And I was about to push the button, and then my phone was ringing. And it was Eric Osterberg, our city manager. And I thought it was an accidental dial. Why is he calling me at 6.30 in the morning on a Tuesday? I had slept through that storm, which I don't usually do. And I said, hello? (laughs) Pastor, this is Eric Osterberg. We've got displaced people in this flash flood. Do you have space for them? I said, flash flood? He said, yeah, we got flooding down off Paul. We got people that have literally swam out of their houses. I said, I'll be there in 15 minutes. And I met him here at 645. Chris was right behind me. Mr. Osterberg came in with donuts. I had already made coffee. If you know me, you know that doesn't happen because I don't drink coffee. (laughs) I messaged my wife and said, how do I do this? I came in and Chris said, that's a little strong. (laughs) And he added some water to things and made it a little less strong. And we had people come in. And then on Saturday, Missouri Baptist said, can we we set up a thing to make uh, available disaster relief from Missouri Baptist? And I said, absolutely. And so they set up on Saturday and then on Monday of that next week, I get a text me- or an email from Samaritan's Purse saying, we're c- calling this a disaster and we're setting things up. Can you meet with one of our guys today? And by that afternoon, after several text messages, Clay from Samaritan's Purse and I were meeting with Chris in my office and we were talking about, he said, I think we'll have maybe 50 people here. If you're from Samaritan's Purse, let our folks see you. Just let them see who you are. If I'm not mistaken, Shannon, there have been over 120 volunteers in the, something like that in the last two, uh, week and a half. Yeah. We've had 13 professions of faith in Christ through the work that they've done. And, you know, here's the thing about water. Water doesn't ask where you went to high school. 
Those of you with Samaritan's Purse don't understand that's the first question anyone in St. Louis asks you is where'd you go to high school? And then they make all of their decisions about you based on your answer to that question. Water does not ask you where you went to high school. Water does not ask you the color of your skin. Water does not ask you how much money you make or where you work. Water just fills space, doesn't it? And that's what happened that Tuesday morning. And then again on Thursday and we got two months' worth of rain in two days. Well, we actually got two months of rain in six hours. And then in a week and a half, we got one-third of our rain for the year. It doesn't ask you that. Yesterday, Bryce with Samaritan's Purse was asking me that what we desire to see happen out of this. And I called back to that water that just came and did what it did. Habakkuk 2.14 says that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And I said, our heart's desire is that through the work of Samaritan's Purse and our partnership with them, that the glory of God can come into the same places and do what the water did, but do it with the glory of God. Glory kabod literally comes from a root that means weight, and then it means glorious splendor. What happens when God calls and we listen is the weight of God's splendor comes on us and consumes us like waters on the sea.